How did a broke single mom who'd been fired from Dennis go on to become America's most sought-after real estate investor? Hold on to your seats as you are about to go on a wild ride that results in you being a superstar. Dwan Twyberg, aka Wonderful, is about to blow your mind. The most wonderful real estate podcast ever promises to be your go-to podcast for everything that life has to offer. You are entering the Wonderful Zone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. I'm your host, Juan Benton Twyford. I'm America's most sought-after real estate investor, and I have such a great show for you today. I'm doing a guest interview, so I've got a wicked smart man today, and you're going to want to hear everything that Dave has to talk about. And our motto at Wonderful is people before profits. So if that's something that resonates with you, and you're interested in learning how to be a successful real estate investor, you're at the right place. This is your right time. And we are your people. You can find me at dwanderful.com, D-W-A-N-D-E-R-F-U-L, dwanderful.com. And if you opt in over there, I've got four free eBooks for you. And uh, I want to welcome my guest today, Dave Dubow from Canada. Dave, how are you today? Dwan, I am wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. See, I took Dwan and wonderful and I made a new one. I know your name has so many wonderful W's in it. It's just perfect. <laughs> Dwanderful. Then I have Dwantastic. Yeah. Then I have my Dwandonaires. Those are my millionaires. So I, I have, I made like a whole little vocabulary off of my name. So beautiful. Yeah, it's unique. It's wonderful. I'm doing right. great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm really looking forward so we, to it. Actually, we start off, we have a toast. Everybody that yeah. watches now. So uh, I'm drinking a live enzyme drink today. What do you have there? I've got a cup of tea. Okay. Oh, there. well, this is cheers. like a cold tea. So there cheers you to you. Cheers. Cheers to you. And everyone. We should, we should do, do you, like, if you do these later in the day, does the drink change? Uh, sometimes, yeah. I, I yeah. Thought if I slay it, yeah, I tell people, like, hey, you want to have wine? What do you want to have? Sometimes people say, like, hey, let's have, like, whiskey. And I'm like, ooh, okay, as long as it's <laughs> the end of the day. <laughs> well, it's early in the day for me, so I'll stick to tea for right now. Yeah, not well for me, too. I'm, uh, yeah, I can't I can't get on the wine or anything to, unless it's, like, much later in the day because I get bought super easy. I don't know, they're super lightweight. So, all right, everyone, so you had your drinks. Everybody take a deep breath. Breathe in, breathe out, and then shake off whatever you got going on. And I want you guys to open your mind and just listen and have a good time and learn. And Dave has a lot of really super cool things to share with us today. So here's what we like to start off with, Dave. So I'm just put you like straight up on the spot. So yeah. I want you to tell us your name, how to get in contact with you, and what you do. And then I'm just going to ask a bunch of questions and see how you got to be Dave Dubow. So basically, we want to know what's your deal? What's my deal? Well, my deal? deal is I help mom, what I call affectionately call mom and pop real estate investors get started with raising capital, raising private capital, okay. other people's money so they can go out and they can buy more properties. They can scale up their real estate investing business. And bottom line, they can hit those wonderful goals that they've set for themselves early on, but they, you know, most people eventually hit the wall. They run out of cash, run out yep. of credit, and they can't go any further. So we we help them get started with raising capital. And as far as connecting with me, thanks for for that. Uh, the best way right now would be to check out my new podcast, 
the How to Raise Capital 101 show for real estate investors. So wherever you're listening to this wonderful podcast, you can find mine as well. Okay, How to Raise Capital 101? Yep. 101, I want to make sure I say it right. 101. And then can people find you on social media as well? They can snoop around. They can find me on the Facebooks and uh, they can check out my website, moneypartnerformula.com. Money partner formula.com. Okay. I like to get all your information up in the beginning of the show notes. And then Glaze that does my podcast puts you in the show notes three or four times. And it's just, you know, sometimes you get busy talking and then like you forget to loop back. <laughs> so, no problem. Yeah, I want, I I want everything like up in the beginning. Okay. Nice. So I like the fact that you said you help mom and pop businesses. I feel like I know because I, I do a lot of uh, seminars and workshops and webinars. And I feel like a lot of newer investors that don't have some big portfolio have a hard time getting money. So you're hmm. right. They do a few deals. They use whatever they have. They get money out of their house or whatever. And then like they're out of money. So yeah. mom and pop. So give me an example um, of what that means. So maybe you got a, a new investor, husband and wife, they're 45 years old and they want to mm -hmm. buy, flip, do something with houses. Yeah. So typically it works best if you've got a little bit of a track record. What does okay. a little bit of a track record mean? It, it typically means you've done at least one deal under your own steam or you've been involved okay. in a deal. You know what you're doing. So you've taken some wonderful coaching or training or what have you, perhaps from Dwan or somebody else, and you've actually applied that and you've got a deal done and perhaps you've hit the wall, you run out of cash or credit. Now, what do you do? How do you start, you know, raising capital? How do you start attracting investors or joint venture partners to keep going? That's, that's what it's all about. So that example was, was perfect. That's a lot of our clients is, you know, a husband and wife team. Uh -huh. We went out to a, a free, quote unquote, free uh, preview. <laughs> <laughs> a free a preview, you real... spent $50,000 on coaching yeah, exactly. and nobody's helping you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 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 then you figured out, you, you got a deal done. So you got one under your belt and you want to do more, but you're out of cash, you're out of credit. What okay. do you do? And, and that's where I found myself years ago, Dwan. Uh, like most people, you know, I got started, I did my first couple of deals. Yep. And then the perfect deal fell in my lap. And I'd heard all these gurus, let me know if, if you've heard this before. I heard all these gurus say, hey, if you just find a good deal, the money will find you. Have yeah. you ever, ever heard that expression? All the time. It's yeah. not true. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> it's not true. You have no. to have people. Exactly. You got to have people because the gurus can do that because they've got platforms and they got thousands of followers and all that kind of stuff. But- Regular folks don't have that. So what do we do? And and I did everything wrong at the beginning, Dwan. I just, I screwed it up royally. And luckily I, I learned from my experience, but it was painful. And, it, and I'd rather other people not go through the same thing. Cause I tried, you know, I had this good deal fall in my lap. So what and kind of I had deal? Two weeks, what was it? Well, I was just a single family home at that, okay. at that point in, in my real estate investing career, I was doing a form of uh, lease option type investing, rent to own okay. type investing. Okay. We called it client first. We'd find a tenant buyer then we'd go house shopping for them. We'd buy them a house and we'd lease option it to them for two to three years while we help them get qualified for financing. So that, you know, as opposed to some other creative strategies actually hey. involved 
coming up with money to buy these houses. So I, I had the perfect tenant buyer. They'd given me a $15,000 option fee to get things started with. I needed to raise $85,000. I had two weeks to do it. And that's when I started going, oh, crap. Now, <laughs> now what? Now what do I do? Right? Because the universe, I you know, the universe is wonderful, but it's, it's you know, the secret and all that kind of stuff. You do have to get off your rusty dusty and actually do something to make yes, it happen. Yeah. So, so I'd also heard the guru say, hey, you know what? If you need to raise money, pick up the phone and start calling people, right? Start, yeah. you know, in sales, they call that dialing for dollars or dialing for dollars. Cold, cold calling and what have you. And I quickly realized, Juan, that I really suck at <laughs> dialing for dollars, <laughs> you know. It looks like fun in the movies. It it looks like fun in The Wolf of Wall Street. You watch Leonardo DiCaprio get on the phone and sell people into stuff they don't want and all. It looks kind of like fun, right? It did not work that way for me. It doesn't. And, oh, and I don't I, mean uh, to laugh. It's like everything you're saying is so true. <laughs> I have been there so many times. Oh, God, it sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> and, it and I pick up the phone, you know, and the other person initially, they might be happy to hear from you until you get into that spiel that is like, oh, crap. Rejection, 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 rejection. And I'm, believe it or not, I'm a sensitive soul. I cannot handle that much rejection. Yeah. I, I, I don't have that thick of a skin. So I quit after a little while. But I'd wasted a bit of time doing that. So time's ticking. And then I'd also heard the guru say, hey, if you want to raise capital, you need to uh, network. You need to get out there. You need to turn every conversation into a real estate conversation. So, I thought, okay, well, I'll give that a try. So I ran out to my local chamber of commerce and B&I and Toastmasters and wherever they let me in the door. And I networked up a storm. And guess how much money I raised? Probably none. Zippo, right? Because because the desperation was oozing out of every pore in my body. And quite frankly, why the heck would a complete stranger invest eighty five grand with me when they don't have any basis of a relationship? So, yeah. bottom line, wasted a bunch of time doing that. Got to be where it was like Wednesday, and by Friday, I had to be able to come up with the money for this deal. And that's when I thought I came up with a really bright idea. I said, "Hey, this is going to be a good deal if enough people see it." The deal will sell itself. Yeah. So I, so I put together a PDF and I spammed that out to everybody I knew. <laughs> and I that was a Wednesday night, got up Thursday morning. And that was the first thing that showed any sign of life there, Dwan, as I had some replies coming back. So, I thought, oh, thank goodness. Until I started reading the replies and they pretty much all said, hey, Dave, buddy, I haven't heard from you forever. Here you are. Hit me up for 85 grand for a deal. Take a hike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, when you start getting in the habit, people are like, oh, he's going to pitch me. He's going to ask me for money. Then people don't want to return your calls. It's like the network marketing MLM <laughs> thing, right? You know, no they offense don't. against anybody into that. But you know what I'm talking about when you get that call, when you get that message. It's like, uh, well, that's the same thing I was doing. So lost that deal. I live in a small town, Juan. So I had some major egg on my face, ticked off my tenant buyer, had to give them back all their money, obviously. Oh. Plus they'd given notice where they're renting. So oh. that was a scramble to get them back. Uh, seller was ticked off. I tied up their property for a couple of weeks. I had a realtor involved. They had their realtor mortgage broke everybody. I just looked like a complete schmuck. And that's when I said, Hey, that sucked. Uh, dumb, dumb. You've got a background in marketing. Why don't you try this marketing thing 
with raising capital. See how that works. So I, I put that into play and it worked really well for me uh, just doing those little single family home deals, raised about a million bucks for those kind of properties. Then I started getting up into uh, multifamily type properties, raised several millions of dollars for those, but more importantly, helping other mom and pops avoid my stupid mistakes. <laughs> Cumulatively, we've helped uh, clients raise well over $300 million in counting for their deals. Wow, that is really nice. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's funny. One of the reasons I teach, because I started like, I was a broke single mom. I had zero. I didn't even know what I was doing. I just had some friends who said, hey, we buy houses and we fix them up and we sell them. So my naive mind, who knew nothing about real estate, took that to mean we buy houses and we decorate and we sell them. I thought, oh, I can decorate. How hard could that be? Yeah. And so my first deal, I was so out of my league. I knew nothing about rehab. I was at Home Depot all the time, taking classes, trying to learn how to do stuff. And it was, it worked out. I made 22 grand, but it was a disaster. And after I'd been doing it for a year or two, I mean, I really didn't even have enough experience to actually teach, but I thought there's so many people like me, they're trying to start and they don't know what they're doing. So I'm going to start helping people. Nice. So I was only, I don't know, five or six deals in and I would meet people and say, Hey, come to my house. We'll do like a little tiny workshop and I'll teach you what I know. There's so many people in foreclosure and it was just so crazy. I had no really idea what I was doing and I was teaching before I really knew what I was doing. But, but but you learned a lot. I faster learned every that. single yeah. thing by the seat of my pants. Yeah. Well, here's that's that brings up a good point, Dwan, because that's one of the big hangups I see a lot of mom and pops having. Yeah. Is they think, well, who am I to try to bring investors on board? Who am I to raise capital? I've only done one or two deals, and look at Dwan and look at all these other real estate experts. They've done hundreds of deals, dozens of deals, thousands of deals. How can I compete? against that. Well, here's the reality. Just like you back in the day when you first started teaching and training people, even if you've got one successful deal under your belt, compared to somebody who's never done a real estate deal, yeah, you're a rock star, right? And, yeah. and you are. So it's, I don't mm -hmm. know if the stat is correct or not, but the stat I, I've heard and I use is that 95% of the general population, general population has never purchased an investment property in their lives. Their own mm, house does not count. That's probably true. No, their own house doesn't count, right? I'm talking about an investment property. So if you've got one deal under your belt, you're probably ahead of 95% of the non-real estate friends that you've got. Yeah, no, I agree. Because yeah, every time I, my family is from Ohio. So whenever mm. I go back to Ohio and I meet up with all my high school friends and stuff, they all just live in their house. They all have jobs. Nobody, and I'm like, I don't understand why you guys, you've been like for 30 years, you've not been investing. Why are you guys not investing? Oh, no, 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 no. We, we can't take that risk. So, like, mm -hmm. all my cousins, like everyone I know, they have their house and their job and their retirement. It's like, what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> it's really, <laughs> it, it, it is really tough. Yeah, it's, it's, it can be tough. That's why, you know, we don't try to convince anybody to invest with us. Yeah. I think the big goal, and I think you're, you might not call it this, but I think you're wonderful at this, Dwan, is to edutain people about what we're doing. Exactly. Educate a little bit and hopefully entertain a little bit. Get that curiosity going. Show them proof in the pudding. Get them to, yeah. instead of us chasing after them, let's get them to put up their hand and say, hey, Dwan, you got me. 
what what's this real estate thing you're doing? I'd like to find out more. And once that that conversation is so much more pleasant to have yes. than us trying to convince somebody to invest with us. I do definitely like when someone seeks me out. <laughs> I, I will say oh. that. So yeah. now, uh, so I'm, a, you know, my husband and I, we're 45 years old. We have two deals under our belt and we come to you. Yeah. How do we get money? What do mm. we have to have? Qualify? What do you look at? How do you make the decision on helping the mom and pops? Well, it has nothing to do with that. It all has to do with, are they looking to bring joint venture partners on board, use other people's money that way? Not not me, not my money, but uh, we work with helping people to find their own investor partners, their own joint venture partners. So the, the qualifications are, it's pretty simple. You got a little bit of experience, which this fictitious couple does. Are you ready to get going. And if they say yes, then it's a fairly straightforward process, this whole, what I my fancy dancy thing that I call my money partner formula, but it's really not rocket science. It's all about, you know what? Let's be logical. Who are the most likely people to invest with us, right? Because, Juan, you know this, for somebody to invest 50, 75, 100 grand with you, they need to know you, they need to like you, and they need to trust you with their money. So if we're a mom and pop just getting started, we haven't worked with investor partners before, then the only logical place to start, the safest, the fastest, the easiest place to start is with your network of connections, your you know, your friends, your family members, your coworkers, your business associates, people you know from the PTA, people you know from Rotary, whatever. People uh -huh. that are already in your sphere of influence to put it that way so uh the first job is let's create a list of people that we're going to focus all of our efforts on we call this okay. our dream 200 list of potential investors so again friends family members co-workers business associates that might that might sound a little intimidating to some people. Dwan, that'd be a piece of cake for you. You could you could come up with that list in a shake of a stick. Most people go, Dave, I don't know 200 people. I'm going to say, yeah, you probably do. You just might not realize it. So what we always say is, hey, just start with start with the contacts that you have on your cell phone. Get yeah, them out of the phone. phone. Yeah, don't call them yet. Just let's let's create a list, right? So export them all. Get them into something like an Excel spreadsheet. Then go export all your Facebook friends or your Twitter tweets or your Instagram buddies or whatever it is, all your social media contacts, get them into that spreadsheet. Don't worry about filtering yet. Okay. Uh, same thing with your email contacts. If you got a Gmail address or Hotmail or whatever it is, get all those contacts out of there. So don't, don't think about it too much. Just export them all. And now instead of having to come up with 200 people, now you probably got a couple of thousand people in there. Yeah. And then you just quickly whittle down quickly whittle it down to about 150 to 200 people that you have a legitimate connection with, right? If you bumped into that person on the street, you'd know them, they'd know you, you've got a legitimate relationship. And that's what we want to start with, Duan, is we want to start with that list of potential investors. Now, here's what we found. Believe it or not, most people have somewhere between $1.5 and $3 million worth of capital within that group of people. We just don't know who has it and who's ready and willing and able to invest it with us just yet. But typically that's what's available in there. So you help people put together a list of the people that they know. Yeah. And then that's, that's the first part of the process. 
And then you help them put together whatever they need to put together to say, hey, here's an opportunity for you. Well, actually, no, that that comes a little further down the road because that's the, that's the mistake I made, Dwan, is I I went for the kill too quick. Too right? quick. It's, yeah, way too quick. So what we do instead is we set things up properly. So that's the first thing. Let's create that list. Let's make sure we got a, a good website ready to go so we can communicate people with people. Let's make sure we got a good presentation that we can show people that kind of walks them through what okay. we're up to if you're if you're flipping or if you're doing this or that. So that's the foundation. Then once we've got that, now we're ready to press go. But the way we press go is a little bit different. Instead of charging in like a bull in a china shop like Dum Dum Dave did back in the day, let's be a little classier about this. So what we do first is we warm them up. I call this the warm-up campaign. And it's very simple. It's just three little emails that go out over about a week period of time. Uh -huh. First email is just a regular email. Let's say it was from you, Dwan. It'd say, hey, it's Dwan. Chances are it's been a while since we connected. Just thought I'd reach out, see how you're doing, catch up catch up on what I've been up to. And then you talk a little bit about what you and the family have been doing, what's going on in your life. You know, you might not be a good example, Dwan, because you've been in full-time real estate for a long time. But if you're the mom and pop, yeah, talk yeah. a little bit about what's what's going on with work. You know, some of the fun stuff you've been doing, some of the not so great stuff that's happening in your life, like a genuine connection. And I, I call this, you're too young to remember this, Dwan, but back in the day, people used to write Christmas letters. I was just, I call, I'm not too young. I'm probably older than you. I was just going to say, it's like the Christmas letters that people exactly. write. Exactly. But we can send it any time of the year. This is a perfect timing for it right now. We're, we're doing this coming close to Christmas, but you do this anytime. But it's that idea, that exact idea catching people up on what you've been up to. And then at the end, here's the key. At the end of that message, you say, well, enough about me. How about you? How are you doing? Please hit reply to this email. I'd love to catch up. Now, here's the beautiful thing, Dwan. With technology now, as you're aware, you can have those 200 contacts all set up in like a CRM, yep. customer relationship management system, or even just a simple email autoresponder system where you create the, the message once, but it gets sent out to all 200 people all at the same time. And each one gets personalized. Dear Dwan, dear Dave, dear Joe, dear Sarah, et cetera, right? So you send it out. And then here's the job. Say you do that on a Monday. Then your job is to reply to people that get back to you. Okay. Really, really important. that Because there's capital in those connections. There a couple of days later, we send out another message. Again, to the whole list. Same idea. But instead of just a written email... How about if we do a short little video? Mm. How about if we do a little video where it's the mom and pop, the husband and wife together, and they're saying, hey, we thought we'd try something different and send you, send you a short little video. Maybe they bring the kids out or the fur fur babies out or whatever they got. So it's it's a it's a homey, definitely not slick production value thing. It's just us on video saying hi. Same, same kind of idea. And then again at the end, hey. If we haven't heard back from you yet, please hit reply to the email. You don't have to shoot us a video. We just love to catch up and see how you're doing. Send that one up. So between those two messages, you're going to get a lot of replies. You are. Typically, yeah, 25 to 50 if you've got like 200 people on your list. That's quite common. But then we need to kind of have a message that goes out there that transitions 
from just warm and fuzzy and personal to starting to talk business. And I call this the transition message. Again, I recommend you do a, a video version of it. And it can be short and sweet. Um, Dawn, if, if, if you want, I can do an example of it or I can just explain how it works. Do an example. Okay. So if I was doing a transition, it'd be something like this. It'd be, hey, it's Dave. It's been really good reconnecting with you over the last week or so. Just want to let you know that moving ahead, I plan on doing a much better job of staying in touch. In fact, I want to let you know what I'm up to with real estate investing. Real estate something that I'm uh, passionate about, doing really well with it. And in fact, I think real estate is the best way for everyday folks like you and like myself to get a really good return on our money backed by something solid and tangible, and that's a real piece of property. And hey, who knows? Maybe sometime in the future, you might even want to partner with me and share in the profits on a deal. But if you're not interested in real estate, that's okay too. You can always click unsubscribe at the bottom of any of my emails. You'll be taken off the list immediately. Of course, my feelings might be hurt for a little while, but eventually I'll get over it. And in the meantime, if you haven't had a chance to get back to me, please, please, please hit reply to this message and let's catch up. I'd love to hear back from you. Send that up. Okay, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, ding, ding, ding. Those three messages go up. Now, what have we done, Dwan? Now we have set the stage. We have primed the pump. We've connected with people. We've seen the ones who are responsive. Because out of those 25, 50, 60 replies that we get back, a lot of those folks are going to be the folks that we're going to actually end up investing with. They're going to end up investing with us. So uh, this is a really key part of the whole process is to get started on the right foot, reconnect with people on a personal level, and then set the stage for the marketing coming down the pipeline. Does that make sense? I love it. So you're helping people like... Like if I'm a new, me and my husband are new-ish, mm-hmm. you're helping us, you're kind of guiding us through this process. So you're well, we, not- we, we, do, we do a couple of things. Like the podcast, basically I kind of walk through this and if if people are diehard, do it themselves, they can do it themselves. If they're looking for help, that's what we do. We provide done for you marketing services for people. So we'll actually set up all this stuff for them. CRMs, databases, websites, pitch decks, the, the whole bit, all the marketing, we'll set up everything for them and, and run it for them if if they're interested in that. That's that's yeah, our but you know business. what? That is really, I mean, I, I don't know anyone right off the top of my head that specifically works with like a mom and pop. I know a lot of people are like, oh, we have money to lend. People put money into this thing, and you know, 20 of us are buying buildings Syndications. and money and yeah, and all that, but I think you might be the first person I've interviewed that actually helps people set up kind of like a done for you that Mm -hmm. you know already works. You clearly have a proven track record with that because, you know, if you start thinking about like aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, people from high school, people from college, people you've known, people that are parents of your kids, like there's a lot of money. Yeah. That people don't realize. Just like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And you're like your your friends and stuff from high school and your cousins that haven't been doing this for years. It's it's such a shame, right? Because you and I and your followers, we've drank the Kool-Aid. We understand <laughs> the power of this real estate stuff. Right. And it's just it, it we're almost doing people a disservice if we don't at least let them know what we're up to. But that's that's the importance of the marketing. And what the other thing I do a little bit differently, Duan, is is I don't wait until I've got a deal on the go 
to start scrambling for investors. That's that's yeah. the worst time to be looking for money. Now, because you're desperate then, and you got a timeline. Yeah. yeah. So we want to we want to we want to get the investors lined up first. We want to get those investors ducks in a row set up and ready to go, and then go looking for the deals. Because then we know we've got the capital to back us up. We can go in with confidence. You can negotiate harder. You can close faster. You can do a lot better. So the goal of our marketing, the, the, the thing I want people to really remember, is not, believe it or not, the goal of the marketing is not to sell anybody any deal. That's not the goal of our marketing. The goal of our marketing is to create curiosity, get people to put up their hand and say, hey, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. Then we book a meeting with them. We walk them through a an effective slideshow presentation, some sort of an investor presentation, and we get them enrolled that way. And even the enrolling is a little bit different. I'm not looking for so. For example, if I'm doing multifamily deals, typically the minimum investment is going to be a hundred hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Right. But I'm not looking for somebody to cut me a check for hundred and fifty thousand dollars right off the get go. What I'm looking for is to have a meeting with somebody, see if it's a good fit, if I'm a good fit for them. And if it is, I get them to sign off on an expression of interest or letter of intent, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then that person goes into my hot to trot list of prospective investors. <laughs> <laughs> right? they're, they're good to go. And they're the ones that when I do have a deal on the go, I say, hey, here's what I got. First come, first serve, right? So that's, that's how that works. And you get that. So you got the big group of your 200 prospective investors, but then you're really working to create a little subgroup of those investors, what I call ducks in a row. They're, they're lined up, ready to go. And those are the only folks that you're going to tell about specific deals that you've got on the go. Does that make sense? Now, is there any point in this, in this whole um, package you're putting together where you are also talking to the people with the mom and pops? Are they your, or are you coaching them and then they're doing it? Well, both. So when it comes to one-on-one -on -one conversations, they're doing it. That's how we get them started. And that's how we get them going. We get them, a, you know, right off the get-go, we get them 10, 10 to 15 appointments booked right away. And typically within the first couple of weeks. So they're able to shake the tree, raise their first couple of hundred thousand dollars kind of yeah. thing. And then after that, then we can start doing group presentations or webinars. Yeah. And that's where I'll come on board and I'll work with them and I'll kind of be I'll kind of be their co-host, right? So yeah, I'm yeah, aging yeah. myself. I, I'm the Ed McMahon to the to their Johnny Carson. <laughs> <laughs> How old so, are you? Yeah, I am 55. Dude, I'm 63. I'm I I'm older than you. Well, you sure as heck you sure as heck don't look at one. So it's the pink hair. It throws people off. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't do well with pink hair or hair in general. <laughs> you know what? When we were locked in for COVID and we couldn't go get, I couldn't get my hair done. I had uh, been coloring it for, you know, I for women, kind of you start in your 20s, you just color your hair forever. And right. so like my hair grew. And I was like, this one I was like, oh, my God, all my hair is gray. So I did not actually realize I had so much gray hair. And I thought, yeah. I am not ready to do gray. So I just started putting on all these like crazy colors. So there for about a year, I would have like pink hair, purple hair, blue hair, like lavender hair. And I was like, you know what? I, I, like, like, I like the purple. To it. And I just stuck yeah, to it. Yeah, I like the purple. It looks, <laughs> I, And I like that it's long. It looks very nice long. I like it too. It's like, oh, look yeah. at me. 
I never in my life would have ever thought I'd wear hair like this. But after being in COVID and being locked down and like we couldn't travel or go anywhere for that whole year, I thought, well, I don't care what other people think, you know, and I'm podcasting. It's like, eh, keep people interested. There you and go. I thought, you know what? I'm sticking to it. So That's I love good. it. So then you help the people. Yeah. So the mom and pops are finding their own deals. Yep. And you're helping them get them funded by. I'm, I'm helping them find their own investors. You're helping them find their own investors. Yeah. Now, do you ever partner up with anyone or lend money to them? Or do you ever actually get involved, your company? Uh, yeah, but that's not our business. That That's oh, just yeah. kind of a, a byproduct. So, yeah, typically these days when I'm doing my... I I realized a while ago, Dwan, I kind of suck as an active investor in dealing with tenants and toilets myself. That's not my forte. So these days I invest passively. Um, and, and typically, yeah, I do partner up with, with people that I know very well with who tend to be my clients. So, uh, nice. that's, that's yeah, not I, I, part honestly, of our service. Dave, I think you're the first person I've interviewed that has this specific business model. This is a really neat business model because like every single student that ever joins me and wants me to coach and mentor them, money is their number one issue. Yeah. Well, that's what I realized one is. I'm gonna start sending people to you, Mr. Dave. Well, that that would be wonderful. I, <laughs> I won't I won't turn them away. That's for sure. But that's what I realize. Like, there's there's certain personalities. I'm not a very good coach, to be perfectly frank with you. Like, like that's not my forte. And I did coaching for a while. And I did the, the whole online training stuff. And what frustrated me was that, you know, we we get people investing in co coaching and programming programs and stuff, and then they'd run out and do nothing. And it just drove me crazy. And so I figured, hey, why don't, you know, the way I feel best is I know stuff is getting done. So yeah. the only way I know it's getting done is we do it for them. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's no excuse, right? There's no excuse. So that's why we focus on that. Obviously, a little bit of coaching around raising capital comes along with that. But when it comes to the ABCs of of how to invest in real estate, there are so many people that are so much better at coaching about and training about that. I let them do their thing. Yeah, no, I, I love what you do. I I mean, I can think of so many people right now that could use this service because people don't know, they don't know how to raise money. And then they start talking to people. So I remember back in my 30s, I was rehabbing. I, I kind of rehabbed initially for like three or four years. So I called my dad one night, hey, you shouldn't invest some of your money. He's like, yeah, I'm not what you're doing. I was like, yeah, but I'm making money. I'm doing houses. You should help me invest. I'm like, Help your single mom daughter here. Exactly. And so my dad eventually did, but like so hesitantly. And then yeah. I thought, you know, if I ever lose money on a house, then then now I owe my dad a bunch of money. And and I was way too afraid to talk to family and friends and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. But now that I know, my, I have so many aunts and uncles and people that are just sitting on so much money. Well, that's and now the thing. I've been doing it forever. Like, hey, can we invest with you? It's like, yeah, of course. Where were you twenty five years ago? Yeah, where were you when I needed you? No, so you that, cannot now. That's <laughs> that's that's exactly the thing. So it's a matter of, you know what? We don't want to try to convince anybody, but if you get them, if you get the stuff going out there, yeah, you get videos going out there, you yeah. get a, newsletters going out there, you get blog posts going out there. If you if you're consistently edutaining people by letting them know what you're up to, then some of them are going to be hot to trot, ready to go right away. Yeah. So here's what I found, Juan, and let me, and, and you're living proof of this, right? 
So let's say we got that list of 200 people. Mm-hmm. Out of that group of 200 people, obviously not everybody's going to become an investor. Right. In fact, out of that group of 200 people, there might be 20 potential actual investors in there. Maybe more, maybe less, but let's let's say 10% could actually come up with 50, 75, 100 grand or whatever mm-hmm. if it made sense for them. Well, here's the thing. Probably, or at least our experience has been, two or three of those people are going to be ready, willing, and able to go right now, right? So we that's how we're able to get our clients that first couple of hundred thousand dollars pretty quickly. However, 85% of the investors who will invest with you need more time. Just because yeah. we want the money right now, as you experienced, doesn't mean they are ready, willing, or able to invest with us right now. Yeah. So what we need to do is we need to stay top of mind with them short-term and long-term so that when they are, when time and circumstances are right for them, that the that we're the one they think of for investing. When they get that next mutual fund statement yes. and they see how much money they haven't made on their investments and how, many, how much fees they've paid and what's happened with the stock market, then guess they're going to think, Geez, Dwan's doing really well with that real estate thing. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I should take a look at that. Maybe right? I should. Yeah, so that's. The I key. love that. I, I really, I, I love that business model. It is something I feel like almost all new investors really need, because people will, you know, take out home equity loans and borrow against their house. They run up all these crazy credit cards. And it's like, listen, that, and I tell people all the time, like, don't go get a hundred thousand dollars in credit cards because if you anything goes wrong, you owe so much money. Oh like, my god! Yeah, twenty percent interest. Stop off of a oh, deal. If you don't truly know what you're doing. And I really hate when people are like, oh, I'm going to take a big equity line out of my house. I'm like, you know what? Find money from other places. You should. I This is just me personally. I know a lot of people use their home equity lines and stuff like that. But I'm like, don't ever risk your house because mm-hmm. you need a place to live. And if you refinance or do this or do that, pull a bunch of money out and nothing happens. Um, well, you know, there's, you there's two. I, I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from, Dwan. My thought would be, we got to be a little bit careful there too. So home equity line of credit, I would recommend you use that. You know, if, if you need to do your first deal and you just, you don't have the cash on hand to yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, for that. I think you should self-finance your first deal or two. Number one, um, for proof of concept. Yes. Number two, because who in their right mind is going to risk their money with you in a deal, if you don't have any clue about what you're doing, if it's your, if it's your very first deal, that's, that's tough. Like you gotta, that's going to be mom or dad, just giving you a break. If they're, if somebody's going to invest with you and and that kind of a deal. So, and then the other thing is when we do start working with investor partners, we need to be very, very respectful of their money. We need to treat their money as if it were our own, or even like you mentioned with your dad, even if it's like it's more precious than your own money, because you're you're responsible for their money now, right? So yes. we have to go into those deals, understanding that and being very very aware of that. Yeah. Now I, I just know a lot of people that were like, I'm going to refinance my house, I'm going to pay off my credit cards, pay off this, pay off that, use the money to invest with. Next thing you know, they ran the credit cards back up. They didn't do a deal. They didn't invest. Oh. And it's like, well, that's just why dumb. did you do that? So yeah. whenever someone tells you that, I'm like, well, let's just first talk about, are you good with money? Yeah. Can you do what you're supposed to do and not blow it? Oh, I got a bunch of money. Let me buy furniture and TV and I'll invest. So 
So as long as, I mean, a lot of people I meet are just really great with money. I'm like, you know what? You got a bunch of equity, use it. But you meet other people that have like so much on credit cards, so much debt, and they're going to be fine. And that's where the coaching comes in. That's where your patience and and your understanding (laughs) is so much higher than I I don't have patience for that. (laughs) So when I have someone like that, I'm going to refinance everything I have. It's like, let's just talk about that for a minute. First of all, how are you going to make all the payments back? Are you good with money? Are you going to waste a bunch of money? If you pay up your credit cards, you can't use them again. Like, you're going to end up putting yourself in worse debt, which I've seen a lot of people do. Yeah. So that's why I like this idea of raising money. And plus, if you're raising money from people that you know, you're going to be a lot more inclined to make sure you pay that back. Because you got well, think- and then and then it's the it's the reality of the situation. Because I sometimes I there there are a lot of podcasts and there are a lot of training out there about syndications and yes. and raising capital for really big deals. And you know that's fantastic, but that's way beyond the scope of most mom and pops when it, they first getting started, right? So that's why we focus on this. And then, you know, some people say, well, Dave, I don't like the idea of having friends and family invest with me. What happens if blah, 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 right? Well, two things. Number one, who else is going to invest with you? Quite frankly, if you're just getting started, an accredited investor is not going to give you the time of day no, not. until you've got a track record. So Good luck, right? You got, you got to start somewhere, and this is where all the big guys and gals started, is with their own network. That's how you got started when you started raising capital, right? So that's where you need to get get over yourself. And then the other thing is, you know, if you think real estate is the way to go, like Dwan does, like I do, like like I said, my little spiel, I do firmly believe real estate is the best way for everyday folks to get a much better return on their money that's backed by something solid, real, and tangible. I mean, look at crypto, look at stocks, and look at all this stuff that goes up and down. It's crazy. Real estate is- My crypto account went like this, like, eee. Did it disappear? (laughs) Like like billions of dollars of crypto just disappeared the other because, you know, yeah, let's not go there. But (laughs) we agree, real estate is, is the way to go. So it's a matter of, educating people about what we're doing and allowing them to make their own educated decision as to whether it's a good fit for them. The other thing I do that's a little bit different one is when, when our clients are actually presenting the deals, we don't just talk about the upside. That's a big mistake. I see so many people do. Well, here's how the deal works. And they just talk about the sunshine and flowers, the Uh upside, how wonderful it is, which is great. Yeah. We do have to cover that. But what I like to do is I like to show people what the worst case scenarios are. Here's what could happen. Okay. Well, Dave, what happens if I get involved in a deal with you and you get hit by a bus three months down the road? <laughs> That'd be a worst case scenario for Dave. That's for, But, you know, kind of go over the, over, over the top there. What happens then? Okay. So then I show them, okay, here's how you're covered. So here's what the worst case scenario is. Here's what I'm going to do to minimize the chance of that happening. Yeah. And should it happen, here's what we do to deal with it, right? Because you can't you can't tell people that that nothing has risk. Everything has risk. Everything has our, risk. Our, our real estate deals have risk. So people need to understand what the risks are. But they also need to understand what the risk is of not doing anything or continuing to invest in the crappy investments they're in right now and why this is so much better, right? So I love it. I love it. And you know, it's true. Uh, most of the people that... I interview or talk to, they all do syndications. And you just, mm-hmm. I mean, people have to get accredited. They have to have like X amount of money. And 
I mean, I know some people are sitting on mine, they can do stuff like that. But if you're really wanting to do your own deals and do your own stuff, like, I don't feel like that's the path. If you personally want to be a real estate investor, you should be doing your own deals, not just putting your money in, in syndications, letting somebody else send you, you know. Well, yeah, you're just getting There's nothing wrong with syndications, but you're getting no, a no, tiny little too. I, I think you should do a giant combination of everything. Like for me personally, I still like actually doing deals. Well, you got way better, way better bang for your buck and for your investors' bucks yeah. in your smaller deals, quite frankly. Yeah, Big time you do. syndications. Typically, what I've seen, and let, correct me if, if I'm wrong here, Duong, the big time syndicators, the way they typically make their money is on acquisition fees and yeah. and and different charges and stuff like that that they're charging the investors to get into the deal. They actually don't make much money on cash flow or equity or appreciation or any of that kind of stuff. So when you're doing a smaller deal, and let's say you're just doing a simple 50-50 joint venture, they bring the money you bring the deal, the deal, the team, the expertise, uh -huh. and you share the profits. Well, that's way better for you. That's way better for them. They're going to get a oh, much yeah. better return on their money. And they're actually more secure yes. because they're not one of a gazillion people on some mega project. Yeah. And I'm all for syndications. I have money and all kinds of stuff. But I just, a lot of people really want to get in there and they want to do the rehabbing or they want to be a landlord. And that's what they want to actually be the investor. Yeah. And, and it, you know, I, I was just really lucky, I guess, the way I started because I knew nothing and I ended up making it and I've done over 2000 deals at this point. Wow. But I tell people all the time, I don't ever start like I did. Don't ever start and think you're going to figure it all out because that's like an anomaly. It is only by the grace of God that I was able to figure it out because I did so, I mean, so many mistakes. I could write 10 books on the mistakes I made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that no, was that's... funny. A lot of them were funny. I was like, oh my God, how did I not know that? You know so... what? But here's the other thing, Dwan. Here's the other thing. I, and we don't know each other personally that well, but I can tell just from our interactions here that that you are a force of nature. That yes. one way, yes, one I way am. yeah, one way or the other, you were <laughs> gonna make something work. And if it wasn't real estate, it would have been something else. Whatever you were gonna focus on, you <laughs> you were gonna crush it. One way or the other. So I feel uh, that way too. It's like, yeah. I want to work for myself. I don't care what I got to do. As long as it's legal, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And I fell into real estate investing. And, and it's funny because I wasn't even looking for that. I just wanted something I could do from home and raise my daughter and not put her in daycare. Yeah. Yeah. So I started rehabbing houses. Like, oh, okay, this is fun. I like doing it. You know, I can fix things. And and I liked it. And, you know, but now it's like, oh, no. I, rehabbing, too old for that now. So it's like, now I just buy buildings and have other people do it for me. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Perfect. Long-term I'm going to ask you a couple questions about you personally. Um, yeah. Tell me what's your favorite band of all time. Oh my goodness. Favorite band of all time. It changes, but off the top of my head, I'm just going to say journey. Oh, Steve Perry journey. Steve Perry has such a voice, doesn't he? He did. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then amazing. they got that guy, that Philippine guy that who's got such over, a voice and his voice is so crazy too. It's like, it, it might even be better. <laughs> it's, I know. When I, for, I, I, I watched my husband and I watch all the shows about rock bands and okay. how they started and what happened and how they broke up and what they have going on. And the way the guy they found, he's good too. Oh, he is Perry is like, yeah, journeys, that's, that's an excellent choice. That's what's, what about your, what's yours? Um, I would say my, well, my favorite band really of all time is Styx. Okay, interesting. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't really know them that well. But when I was first going to concerts in high school, 
Six was the opening band, like the first 10 concerts that I went to. Wow. I thought, man, the music, and it's all like orchestra, and it's big. And and then they yeah. started being the main band. And so I have just always, but like right there beside it is Queen. Okay, nice. I'm like a nice. total Queen fan. There you go. I'm a, a total Freddie Mercury fan. I have a, But I like all music. I like all, oh, but I, I my bands are all like rock too. Yeah, I'm, I'm a and rock fan. And as far as going up in the 70s, we just all loved rock. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah, there's so many of them. There's so many. Fleetwood Mac is amazing. And oh. there's just, yeah, there's there's tons. Eight, the first time I ever saw Stevie Nicks, I saw her at a concert that was like at a like a baseball stadium or something. And she was standing up on a big speaker with her hair blowing yeah. and the tambourine. I was just like, oh my God, oh she's God. like a goddess. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. And I love Fleetwood Mac ever since, too. They're all good. All right. What's your favorite kind of food? What do you like to eat? My advantage and disadvantage is I like darn near everything <laughs> um particular kind of food i like asian cuisine quite a bit my wife is originally from korea so i've i've started to really enjoy korean food uh -huh. um but any one particular one yeah let's just say korean for right now yeah yeah i i love asian food too i i'm like you i there's like really not anything i won't eat so i said hey do you want to go out and have this i'm like sure yeah i can't even think easy, of easy to please I can't even think of anything I wouldn't eat. I eat all of it. Sushi, everything. I eat everything. I don't even know. Now, what I like to ask this question to people. What's your favorite part of the day? Like, where in the day are you like, ah, oh, this is my great part of my day? You know what? I think it's first thing in the morning. I've got a little bit of a routine that I do. So I get up and uh, get going with a little bit of exercise and and stretching and, um, and a little high in interval and in what h-i-i-t training a little bit uh -huh. then i do a little bit of reading and planning out my day it's it's i'm up before everybody else and yeah. it's just a very quiet time of the day so I have like that. he gets up so early it's like dude don't wake me up <laughs> well that's that's older dudes you know it just seems to happen it's like 5 a.m I'm, I'm awake so not me i'm a bum i sleep till eight o'clock nine o'clock i'm like ah, but i just stay up late so that's right so you, you operate i've just the... never gotten out of that night out phase i mean i did when i was raising kids so that i take them to school at 6 30 in the morning but right. like as soon as those kids got out of school i was right back to being a, a bat i like i'm a bat <laughs> yeah, well, everybody's got their own thing ah, all right so again how do people reach you yeah so again if you're interested in this whole process that we've been talking about for raising capital i've got a, a new podcast out called the how to raise capital 101 show uh, for real estate investors you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts or my main website is moneypartnerformula.com we've got lots of free resources there you can opt in you can get connected with us and if you're looking for some help actually implementing that that's what we do i love it so i took all kinds of great notes so uh, you help mom and pops raise capital. Your podcast is how to raise capital one-on-one. I love that. Moneypartnerformula.com. Um, you help people like with a single, so I took, I took a couple notes. I put you uh, basically help people like start with setting a track record able, and you do, uh, so they do like a, okay, hold on. So they, you help them or get joint ventures with like friends, uh, coworkers, building a website giving them some warm-up emails, some emails, some videos, and some transition messages. And you basically just help them learn how to create curiosity and so that they want to be on the hot-to-trot list. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. we got this whole, whole thing behind me that I call my nine-step money partner formula. We go all through that, but we didn't have time to 
get into all of that here today. But no, I love that's it. what we help you know, people do. I, I really think you are the first person I've interviewed that really focuses on helping like the mom and pop people raise money. And I feel like those are the people that really want to do deals and maybe have more money for college and for retirement. And maybe some of them still want to keep their jobs. They want to do other things and they really don't know where to go. Yeah. Yeah. So I love work what with. you do. And you like journey, you. Asian food, and you like the mornings. <laughs> That's the only thing we haven't agreed on. <laughs> no, I like the mornings too, but my morning just starts a little later. There you go. Nice. I'm a bum. I don't even know. I don't even know. Over the last couple of years, I'm like, I just like staying up at night. I think because mm-hmm. at night is quiet for me. There you and go. I, and I like the night. Maybe it's because your husband's up. sleeping at that time. So it's your quiet time. And then in the morning, it, it's his quiet time because you're still a bit. That's, I know. That's, yeah. that's, I don't even know how that worked out that way, but that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> 20 years of marriage, that's where we're at. So it's like, it's hey, good. I love it. All right, so uh, everyone, again, uh, the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. I'm Dwan Benton Twyford. Go to dwanderful.com and opt in. I've got four free ebooks. You can find Dwanderful on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Dwantastic on TikTok, YouTube. Basically, if there's any place out there, I'm already there. And also all the places that podcasts are. Now, one thing I do want to always ask everyone, I want you to do me a favor. If you enjoy the show, if you learned anything, if you laughed, in and at all, I want you to go and subscribe to my show and also subscribe to Dave's and leave us a five-star review. Because podcasts are definitely a labor of love and we can't grow without you. So if you had any fun at all today, subscribe, like, follow, share. Leave reviews. Same thing with Dave's on uh, How to Raise Capital One-on-One. And if you don't listen to his show, I invite you to go over there and start listening to it now. Dave is the real deal. Thank you very much, Dwan. It's been a pleasure. All right. So last thing yeah. uh, is a parting word of wisdom, but it can only be one actual word. Action. I love it. See, that makes people have to think for a second because you can't leave like a five-paragraph thing. Action. Folks, that is your word of the week. Actions. I'm going to mean that means take action. Action, action. All right, guys, we'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And remember that the truth is in the red letters. And Dave, thank you again. Everybody, ciao. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow. How much fun did you just have? You listened to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. Hey, do me a favor. If you love just one thing about the show, if you laugh, if you learn something, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Don't forget, next week, same bat time, same bat channel.